Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on the show, we have certified evidential medium, Jennifer Brazier. Jennifer's mediumship has been highly tested, as she'll talk about on the show today. In addition to giving readings, Jennifer stays busy teaching workshops and classes. In 2017, she began teaching mediumship, past life regression, psychic investigations at Pierce College Community, and continuing education in the state of Washington. She has certifications as a life coach in health and wellness coaching, hypnotherapy, and neurolinguistics. She's also a Reiki master and timeline therapist. Jennifer is the co-founder of the Northwest Mediumship Group, where education, resources, and opportunities are made available for anyone wanting to explore their own mediumistic abilities. She also volunteers as an intuitive consultant to the Find Me Group, a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to finding those that have gone missing or to gather details on their unexplained death. I am so grateful Jennifer is here with us today and that she will also be doing a demonstration of her mediumship at my new conference, We Don't Die Orlando, March 29th through 31st, 2019. And you can find out more about that at wedontdieorlando.com. I also encourage you to visit Jennifer's website, which is, of course, www.jenniferbrazier.com. Jennifer, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Well, hello, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm Um, excited about this. I'm excited, too. My good friend Darla introduced us and just said, you are somebody who needs to be on my radar screen and talk to, and I'm I'm just grateful that today is the day we get to talk. Absolutely. I have been waiting to connect with you one-on-one because I find your energy to be just beautiful and I'm just fortunate to be here today. Oh, thanks for that. It does come from a pure place. And I think people that know me know I've been on my own journey from grief to goodness is what I'm saying, because there's so much joy that I'm experiencing now. And I just want to share. So to bring great people into the mix and share them. And that's what we're doing today. So Jennifer, you are in Washington, right? The state of Washington right now? I am in the state of Washington, and I'm located in a in a town called Puyallup, Washington, and it is between Seattle and Tacoma. So if you are looking at a map, I'm close to Mount Rainier. Oh, beautiful area. Yes. And I love nature and love the outdoors. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. It's a good place to be grounded, and what a beautiful, just visual, I don't even know what to say, just pure vision for the eyes, just decadence. Yes. How about you? Let's start off, just jump right in. Could you tell us about you and your past and how you got actually involved in this whole world of the afterlife? Well, that's a very lofty question. I know. (laughs) I'll make it simple. How about that? Simple, but tell us stories because we do love stories here. Well, you know, one thing I'd like to start with is that people say, oh, you have these gifts. And I've got to say, I don't feel like I'm any more gifted than anyone else. I've got abilities. And I've learned how to understand my abilities, which are my senses. And I believe I was born this way. I've had, um, you know, a knowing, a sense of understanding and knowing since I was a little child. And it started very um, 
I would say innocently when I was probably about five or six years old. And um, my father had been deployed to Vietnam. And he had always, when he was home, he would come in and say goodnight to us kids. And he'd tuck us in. And I don't know if you know what I mean by tucking in, but he literally would take his hands and shove them next to my body. Yes. And tuck in the uh, blanket because then he'd say, you can't get out of bed. And now that I realize I'm an adult, he had a, did, he was doing that so I wouldn't get out of bed. So when my father left, um, I started having some gentlemen that would come visit me at night. These were not scary men at all. In fact, I welcomed them. And when I'm talking, they visited me. It'd be when I was in bed. And they were wearing the uniform that my father would wear. They, in fact, even had the same sort of glasses as him. And they always held the flag in a trifold. And it started first with me smelling them. And then I would get this sense of knowing my father was all right and that he was saying, I love you and it's time to go to sleep. So that's my very first memory. And as I progress and I get older, I've got different events that take place. But as I become a teenager, it's really not that cool for you to tell your girlfriends, you know, hey, you don't want to go out with him because he's a schmuck. <laughs> or, you know, I would tell my you know, other family members, situations or things that I would know. And it just was, I was known as the know-it-all. So I kind of pulled my, I would say my abilities in at that time. And it wasn't until I probably was in my late twenties and I did what I could. I got to tell you, Sandra, I, I pushed them down. I mean, I, when I felt that um, I would have a sense of knowing or that I wasn't alone, I would try to uh, push it out. Meaning I would exercise, I would eat, I started drinking. Uh, I learned how to kind of push it out. So in my 30s, I had this quickening feeling happening. And a lot of people that visit me, they'll say, I feel like I'm going really fast, but I'm going nowhere. And that's exactly what happened with me. And I want to know, where am I going? What do I need to do? And one day I woke up and literally woke up and said, if there's more to living, what, what should I be doing? Because I, I had a great job, great life, mm -hmm. but I felt like something was missing. So that kind of set me on my, uh, my journey. And it was, now I understand why I was pulled to go do things. But during that time, I would go, this is crazy. This is weird. And now I understand those, you know, the coincidence and the random events that take place in our life are really the spirit world letting us know that they're helping us and they're pushing us forward by inspiring us or encouraging us. Mm -hmm. And it just took me to stop and go, wow, why do I keep seeing this same book? Why do I keep seeing this same you know, teacher or school or class? And I realize now that's how the spirit world works with us. They will put in front of us what is best for us on our journey, but we have to do the due diligence. You know, that's that free will, you know, air quotes on that, right. that we have to follow through with what's in front of us. So part of um, exploring that is I started really looking into the classes and I secretly, I will say, didn't tell too many people that I started taking some classes to understand, you know, the clairsentience, the clairvoyance, clairaudience, to understand what those things were. So, um I won't go into the minutiae or the deeper details of it, but it's brought me to where I am at today. And I feel like I have, I don't feel like I have, I know I have a blessed life. The uh, clients that come to me, I get to meet them 
and assist them by getting them in contact with their loved ones and watching that healing take place. And it, it heals me. I, I feel very fortunate to do this work. I love it. There isn't a day or a time that I don't look, uh, don't look forward to meeting whomever comes in front of me or who I get to meet in the spirit world because the spirit world, they teach us also. Wow. I want to just step back for just a second. I know when you said you were kind of secretly on your journey, I think most of us are, most of the people that I've spoken with, and it's so nice to come together at a live event and be like, oh, we can talk about this freely because <laughs> we are. And I can't tell you myself and so many others just say, I've got nobody in my life I can talk to about this. If I could do a do-over or to, you know, do a rewind, you know, I would hope that um, this sort of work you know, if it's mediumship or it's understanding healing or if it has to do with your own abilities, if it, it if it's physical or, um, you know, if you're working with art or color, I think it needs to be introduced in the school. And I'm talking at a very elementary level because there are so many parents that reach out to me and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't want my child to be weird. I don't want them to be ostracized anymore. Right. So that would be my rewind if I or do over is to really be a champion for that. Uh, spectacular. And I think I do think that's the way it's going in the future. I know some people working with kids that are just doing amazing things. I want to ask you about yourself as a medium, either in the past when you were developing your mediumship and you were really figuring out, you know, oh, wow, I've got this. Maybe there's a memory there of you bringing forth somebody and being surprised, like, how did I know that? Or if you wish, and, and it's or and, um, I'd love to know about your certification, because to be certified, to be a, a evidential medium is one thing. And there are many people that can take a weekend class and call themselves that. But there's a whole nother level of people that get certified and tested. So in your answer, however you choose to answer this, if you could tell us some, just a, a few stories of uh, maybe people you've brought through. Well, I want to go back to the first situation that um, I knew I had someone that was communicating with me so that I could communicate with their loved one and their loved one was in front of me. And it was a young girl. Um, and honestly, she was giving me a reading and it started out being a psychic reading. And then she started explaining to me what a medium was. And I had no idea what a medium was. And I, I, you hear, they talk to the dead. Well, quite frankly, I don't think that the mediums talk to the dead. I think we listen to them. So when I had met with this girl, this woman, and she started sharing some things with me, it was like something happened within me and I could feel her mother come forward. And her mother started showing me, I saw visually within me, the kitchen and uh, just little unique details that were not generic. It was, there was certain pottery that she had and uh, certain flatware. And when I watched the gal that I'm talking to her through her mom coming forward, I could feel a change in me. It wasn't as if I felt like, wow, I've got this cool thing going on. I was like, oh my gosh, she needs to hear from her mom. She misses her mom. And 
I have lost family members. I've lost a brother and my father. And I thought I would do anything to hear from them again, anything. So that's why I was with her. But she evoked within me that sense of I've got this also. Now, I know I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but People say, oh, you were you born with this? Did you learn this? Did you have a past life or a, a near-death experience? What took place? I did not have anything that I want to say is unique than probably you. I lost some loved ones. And I do believe that I've always had abilities. And I do feel that most of us do have them. But we have to choose to heighten them, to stretch those muscles. I have dedicated my life to doing this work. This isn't something that I do on a weekend or every, you know, once a month or, you know, whenever, every day, every day and every opportunity I can, I try to learn, I try to absorb. And the biggest thing, which I kind of think is sort of funny, is that those in the spirit world, they teach me. And what I mean specifically about that is that when I'm working with their loved one, and they start to tell me that they passed from a heart attack or they had um, diabetes or that they were murdered or it was a suicide. I am not a doctor or a lawyer or a therapist or a counselor, but I have learned what it feels like to have a heart attack or to have diabetes or to have a stroke. And that is them teaching someone like myself that has an interest in understanding what mediumship is. So, um, and the, the confusing piece that I had that I, I want to offer clarity to this is um, I thought that a psychic, you know, and I want you to go with the full on turban on her head and the big O earrings and the blue eyeshadow. Right. That's what I thought everybody thought I was. And I really didn't understand that there's a difference between being psychic or intuitive is what I like to use and being a medium. A medium is able to heighten their energy and connect with the unseen world, those in the spirit world. An individual that is intuitive or psychic, they're able to use their energy and heighten it and sense the person that's with them, or if they're working with items or a home or land, and they're able to pick up the energy with it. There is a huge difference between being a psychic and being a medium. However, all mediums are psychic. We have to have that first. I believe that's our foundation. Right. So if anybody is interested in heightening their own abilities as a medium, is definitely you need to understand what it is to be intuitive, to follow those nudges, you know, to follow those random senses of like, I feel like I need to buy that book or I want to go listen to that YouTube video again. That is where I would say, please stop and and that's where you want to start. And there is a significant piece that I feel is the foundation for doing any sort of intuitive work. And that mediumship also, but it's called psychometry. And psychometry is reading the energy of an item. It could be a building. It could be real estate. It could be a business card or even someone's driver's license. By understanding how to do psychometry is going to be what will propel anyone forward on this journey. So I won't go into all about psychometry and talk about that, but I really feel that is a huge cornerstone in the work of a strong and ethical 
psychic individual, and a medium. Very good. And I actually wouldn't mind if you talked a little bit about psychometry, because that might be something we could all, I don't want to say jump into and, and go for it, because you need another person involved, don't you? No, not necessarily. It's nice to have someone mm-hmm. because they give you the validation. Okay. But as a medium, you have got to get to this place that you trust. You've got to trust the unknown. You've got to trust yourself. And you've got to trust that whatever's happening is exactly what it needs to be. And not to regress, but I ha- I, I feel that I don't feel, I understand that the spirit world will never set us up. They will never make us look like a fool. They will never make us fail. They always come to us to help us. So when I work with students or I work with, you know, someone that is a freshly bereaved wife, they are seeking for that validation of, I just need to know that they have survived death. I just need to know that they're okay. And I think it's extremely important to go, I have to trust what I'm feeling. I have to trust myself first before I can trust anybody else. And we tend to, in this world we live in, um, rely on social media, rely on if it's the news, what our next door neighbor tells us to be the truth. And in this work, as a medium, I have found that I have to really push everybody else's opinions to the side and not be offended or offend them that I'm not part of the the minions that are all going in that same direction with that thought, because I know the spirit world will come to us and give us what we need. And I know that sounds so generic, but again, it has to do with trusting that our loved ones are are in a place that they are healed. They have no pain. And that they are here now to let us know that they survived what we know is death. So using psychometry, which is an energy imprint. So I want you to go visual with me here, Sandra. Okay. Have you ever been like, say, in a steamy bathroom and maybe you drew your name or drew a heart or wrote something on a steamy window? Yes. And then after that room or the window dried up, there was still like the residue left of whatever you wrote. Mm -hmm. That is the same thing of wet energy. So I want to step back even just a little bit to give a kind of a foundation for this is that everything is energy. Every person, every animal, every rock, every piece of dirt, every tree, everything is energy. And I won't go into that because that's another probably side piece here. But if you truly believe that everything is energy, you will also believe that every one of us is made of energy. And I'm going to go even a step further and say that every animal and every person has a soul. Mm -hmm. And that soul is the most beautiful energy. And it vibrates at a frequency that most of us can't see. Most of us can't sense it, taste it, hear it, but that soul is what lives within each one of us. Now, I don't know, does a soul live in our head, in our heart, in our consciousness, or maybe I'm sitting on my soul, I don't know. But that soul, when it is here in the physical, it's in inside of this physical that we call a body. 
So we all have, you know, our skin, our bones. And so I want you to think about the body, but inside mm-hmm. that body is that soul and that has that pure energy. And that soul has chosen to come to this earth at this time. And I don't get a little deep here, but I'm going to come back to the psychometry piece of it. Bring it on sister. It's good. <laughs> and um, that soul as it's here in the earth and this physical earth is that it's here to learn and have experiences. And what I have personally learned from working with those in the spirit world is that, that, that our souls are here to have these experiences so that it can evolve and evolve to be closer to our creator. Now, this is not about religion. This is about understanding that we are here all for a very short period of time. But while we're here, we're here to learn and have experiences so that we can process through those emotions and grab and grasp and learn from our situations. So I'm going to move a little bit because I know I'm probably leaving a lot of questions open with that. But by using psychometry, we are reading the energy or that residue that was left on the mirror. So I like to start with kind of a very basic if I'm going to say the maybe the easiest way to do psychometry is to take somebody's driver's license. Maybe you don't know them. Maybe you do know them. It doesn't matter. But take the driver's license and put it in your hand. And, and it's sometimes easier just to shut your eyes or you can keep your eyes open. Get into that place of just relaxing and allow yourself to feel and sense the driver's license. And you may get feelings of like, wow, I've got heartburn right now. Or wow, I feel like I just got a headache. Or why do I see a red Corvette? Or why do I see that I've lost keys? It's going to be very fast information that you get from holding an item. The energy from the owner of the original item is what we're picking up here. Mm. So if, if you truly believe that everything is energy, you can now start to, you can trust yourself on what you're picking up. So I want to also kind of go back a little bit here. I know I used the example of a driver's license, but jewelry is fabulous. Rings, earrings, keys, even putting on somebody else's sunglasses. It'll allow you, the person that is picking up information, to get a glimpse into the energy of the original owner. So, There is this group that I've worked with for a few years called the Find Me Group. And they are known for helping family members that have had loved ones that have gone missing. And this is not like runaways. This is individuals that um, have gone missing due to some sort of negative situation. And those that help, the intuitive consultants, a lot of us use psychometry meaning that we may look at maps and pick up the energy from the map of where they're gone, where they're, excuse me, where they went missing, or there's even um, touching clothing that belonged to the, uh, the individual. And by doing that, it allows us to pick up the energy about that person. Now, your first time around, you may struggle the second time, the third time, but eventually you're, you're going to start to notice that, wow, every time I hold this in my non-dominant hand, I start to smell things or I hear things or I'm seeing things. 
you put it into your dominant hand and you're like, I don't get anything. So what's happening? So what's happening here is you're learning how you receive. Mm-hmm. There is also individuals that um, can go out to property, real estate, and they'll, they are able to pick up the energy imprint of the land itself. And they may say that this is a good area. This may, this may be bad real estate, depending on why they are there. But psychometry, it can become very, um, it's kind of fun. It's, I want to say it's kind of like a game if you look at it that way. And for somebody that's just starting out, you're very beginner. And today you're like, I want to learn a little bit more about this is grab a deck of cards and, you know, shuffle them all up. And then I want you to take the top card and I want you to just feel it. Is it red or is it black? And then put it into piles without looking at them. You can do maybe 10 or 20 of them and then turn them over and see what your accuracy level is. And as soon as you feel like you're mastering that, you can then start to move to numbers or even, you know, king or queen or jack. But that's a very basic way of starting out. If you don't have anybody that you can validate with, it's like, again, as I mentioned, it's nice to have somebody that can go, oh, yeah, that's right. Or no, I don't know what you're talking about there. So, um have you yourself, Sandra, ever used psychometry? I have a couple of times, and it was just fascinating. I thought that I must have been making up the things that I was telling a partner, where in fact they said, no, that's accurate. So I think for myself, just paying attention to what, oh, a better way to saying this may be, you know, I have my normal thoughts that I think. And then all of a sudden, like you said, red Camaro or whatever, something that's not normally in the my thought pattern or a smell that I don't normally smell, you know, when those kind of things pop up, that might be a little sign that I'm on to something here. And so to pay attention to those subtle things. It definitely is subtle, but I have to go back to the fact if you trust yourself, okay. you will never be wrong. And if you feel you're wrong, I always say you're just getting feedback Hmm. and it will allow yourself to readjust. I do believe that there is no failure with anything that we do in our lives. And I'm talking from my relationships, jobs, anything that I've been involved in that didn't work out the way I thought it should work out. I thought, wow, I failed at that. Oh, no, no, no. It's simply feedback. I like that. It readjusts us to get back onto our true path. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we get so hard on ourselves if we feel like we have failed and we're no good at it. So psychometry isn't for everybody. Right. Just as being a medium isn't for everybody. But if anyone has an interest, a desire, oh my gosh, I definitely want to encourage them to, you know, seek out what's pulling them forward. Hmm. When I, when I originally started, started my, I would say my journey I was very interested in past life regression because I thought, what if I could learn who I was in another life, go to wherever that was, meet my family and let them know I survived. And something about that, I got kind of bored with it for some reason. Well, the reason was, is I couldn't get the validation. Mm -hmm. And I now realize now I wasn't failing at that. It allowed me to have a different I now have a different way of looking at those that are no longer physically here. 
And that's where mediumship showed up for me. And it showed up with that simple piece of me seeking somebody to help me go through my grieving and my healing, which evoked in me this, I, I want to do this. I want to help people. I want to help myself. So psychometry has allowed um, me to use it, not just with my mediumship work, but if I'm going to go buy a new car or when my husband and I were looking in, um, looking to uh, hire someone to build for us, I would hold their business cards in my hands. And if I started feeling icky or negative, I knew this was not the right person. To this day, I still do that. I will grab a business card at my dentist office. I did this (laughs) and I'm like, okay, this feels good. I trust that, my, that I have everything within me to give me my own answers. I don't need to seek them outside of me through social media or television, that my body, those that are guiding and leading me are giving me exactly what I need. And I'm not unique. We all have this. But we just need to pay attention to it and to trust and to be patient with ourselves. Good advice, because how often do we feel something's just not quite right, and then we go ahead anyways, and then we go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. It is really paying attention. Yeah, I could go back to probably um, three or four relationships in my life, friendships too, Mm -hmm. that I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this work. If they would only listen to me, this is going to turn out to be the best thing for them. Well, I've learned now that the only, per- the only thing that I can control is going to be myself, my own decisions. Right. You know, and if a relation isn't relationship or a friendship or a job or whatever isn't working it out, it isn't meant to work out. And again, I feel like this is all, it's all energy. And so someone such as myself as a medium, we connect to that energy. And by using the different tools, if it's psychometry, I know there's different individuals that um, use tools when they are doing mediumship work. It could be dousing rods or, oh my gosh, there's so many different tools out there. Um, I have found that I don't feel like, I don't think that's necessary for someone, for me, for other people, I know it helps them. Right. The strongest thing that I have learned by being a medium is that by setting my intentions, that is what I'm going to pull towards me and it's energy. So if I wake up and say, today's going to be a crappy day because it's raining. Guess guess what? what? (laughs) Crappy day for you. Yes. Yeah. And so I always try to find out what, what is today going to give me? I can't wait to figure out who I'm going to meet. I can't wait to learn today. So I know it's all a mindset, but it also has to do with the energy. And so as a medium, we connect with the souls of those on the other side And they give us exactly what is needed for their loved one. As long as we, the medium, doesn't allow ourselves to get involved and tell someone what we want them to have or be or to hear. And that can be a stepping stone for anybody that just starts out in this work is that we want to make everyone happy. Well, by doing this work, you're, you're offering them something that is so incredible. You know, it's healing on so many different levels of how different individuals do this work. You know, not that I'm going to put down my sort of work, but I'm kind of a, I wouldn't say I'm a generic medium (laughs) or a, you know, vanilla or white bread, 
But when I set my intentions to work with the spirit world, I always ask them to give me unique and different validations or evidence, such as their name or their nickname or their scars or their tattoos. So I always say to anybody that's starting out doing this work or doing this work is ask for things that are unique. Don't settle for I've got grandma making chocolate chip cookies here. Yeah, most grandmas made chocolate chip cookies. Yes, unique. You know, and and if you want some someone that is going to offer you something that's healing and, and loving, ask that. That's what they'll deliver. Hmm. I also um, I feel pushed to say this is that um, I have a strong sense of belief and understanding that those in the spirit world are not here to haunt us or to hurt us or to come forward to say anything that will disturb us or to make us feel unhealthy or to make us feel guilty. They come to let us know they survived, they are healed, and that someday we will be reunited with them. So when there are individuals out there that say that those sorts of energies are out there or that this is what's taking place, that their loved one is stuck here and they're haunting them, quite frankly, I'm, I'm confused on how that is coming forward. I know that may be opening up a huge bag or a huge box here, but um, no, it's okay. I, I really feel that our loved ones come forward to encourage and inspire us. There is not one of them in the many, many, many readings that I've had or connections with those on the other side that have, they've had anything but love to bring forward. They do ask for forgiveness if they were foul when they lived right. on this physical, but they're not going to come here to shame us. Yeah, I'm they, aligned with you completely on that. And there is a lot of controversy. Every yes. now and again, I've got a guest on the show that says something that I cringe because that doesn't go along with my belief. And I always turn to the listener and use what empowers you in your life. But I, I agree. And I, in the 20 plus years I've had looking for evidence of the afterlife, I haven't come across any of that negative stuff. So I do believe in the good. And I do believe there is a lot of ego here on earth, a lot of negativity. And this is where we find, I think the worst of it right here on planet earth. I do agree with you. Um, We either come from a place of love or we come from a place of fear and fear is um, easily to fall into. You know, we fear that we're not good enough. We're not tall enough. We're not short enough. We're not young enough. We're not thin enough. We live in that place, so many people. And so when you lose someone, you fear that they're just drifting out there or they're standing somewhere on hot coals or that they're stuck. They don't get stuck. They are immediately returned to their creator. It is, how would I understand, a most beautiful transition from this physical to where they go or where I guess we all go. We all will go. Um, but I just felt, I just really felt the need to bring that up that we don't get stuck. We don't get stuck coming here. Don't get stuck in the birth canal. So I don't know how we're going to get stuck leaving. <laughs> no, I agree. And, and I think it did need to be said. And I have this vision inside me right now of doing a triathlon or a marathon. And it's so hard. And of course there's people cheering us on. 
But then we cross the finish line, we collapse in joy, and there's all these people around us like, you did it, you did it, you know, and that is what I hold on to, that when this life is complete, we are just surrounded by our loved ones, our, our pets, you know, that everybody's there to greet us that we've crossed the finish line. It's all good. I like that analogy. I, I, I feel that is very accurate. Um, the spirit world has shown me that um, this place that we know as earth is like a big school for us. And you've probably heard that before. Yes. And all of us have, we sign up for different classes. We're all not going to take the same English class or the same class on relationships or whatever it is. We all have different classes here. And these classes are hard. I mean, some you don't breeze through them. I mean, we got to study. We got to work through them. We got to contemplate. We there's all sorts of. And we also have to find what is best for us in those classes. Mm-hmm. My learning may be different than yours, Sandra. I may learn by seeing something, and you may learn by hearing it. So, right. as we're here on this earth, we have to find out what is best for us. Not compare us to our siblings, our parents, our best friends, our spouses, partners. We have to find out what's best for us. And with that is that we may think we know how somebody else can live their life better. And that's where I say, take your hands off the wheel. Let them live their life. Their journey is different than yours. And they're going to be okay. I had to make a change in my, and how I handled my clients about a a year and a half ago, is that I was finding that I was getting, um, clients that were coming to me and they, they really didn't want to hear from their loved ones. They wanted to find out, is their daughter going to divorce her spouse? Is my son going to have any children? Can what are we going to do if, um, I lose this child? Will you let me know when my husband's going to die? And I was like, wow, I had to stop it. And I make it very clear. uh, I, I talk about this in the beginning of any Uh, my client um, intake piece is that please, the best thing that you can do is take care of yourself, your health, get your sleep, your nutrition, worry about who you're, what relationship you're in. If you're staying in the right job, because there's nothing you really can do outside of showing love for those that you care about. Because when you start telling them what to do, Oh my gosh, that's where communication breaks down. That's where right. fights start. And it's just, I really love to empower people for them to stop and go, what do I want to do with my life? How do I want to live it? And your loved ones, when they come forth, they want to encourage you. They're not telling you to get out of a job or get out of a relationship. They're saying, what do you want to do? It's just like school. When you and I were in school, there was classes I could not stand. I failed, but I had to come back and take it again. Right. It's the same thing that's taking place. If I want to use that analogy versus going over a finish line is that finish your class, do the best you can, worry about your grades, about how you're inputting your time into it. Because when you're finished, you'll have an opportunity to look back and go, wow, I probably could have invested a little bit more time in that. Mm-hmm. Excellent advice. And something just rang through to me because I'm I just as human as everybody. And I think sometimes people in my life should be doing something differently and whatever, but you just said they're going to be okay. They are, they're on their path. It's like, Oh yeah, I forgot. 
So you gave me a little gift just now. Jennifer, can you talk a little bit about uh, Mark Ireland and how you got involved oh. with findacertifiedmedium.com? Because it's a big deal. And I really just want to be proud of you that you are a certified medium. And I know it's not an easy road, but just tell us about that. Well, thank you for bringing that because Mark Ireland is an incredible man. If anybody has an has not had an opportunity to read his books or to jump on his website, um, I want to encourage you to do so. He um, and I'm going to talk up Mark for a second here, but he's That's an okay. He has an incredible group that um, he started out with another individual on helping parents heal. He yes. lost a son. And so his journey comes from a place of his own soul. And he has a family background of um, having a father that um, worked as a medium, worked as a clairvoyant, fabulous man. So um, I had the opportunity to meet Mark and have coffee with him one day. It was one of these, honestly, a random situation. I had been in a bookstore, but um, got pulled to buying a book. And I got to tell you, I bought the book because I liked the cover, not <laughs> because of anything else. And when I bought it, I had, it was one of those feelings of like, okay, well, I guess I'll read this. Well, I ended up reading it nonstop on my plane ride home. And I always had that name, Mark Ireland in the back of my head. Well, a couple months later, I am, I ran into somebody and they say, Hey, do you know who this Mark Ireland is? Anyway, longer story longer is that uh, she connected us. I met him for coffee. He explained to me um, his journey, what he was doing, what his passion was. And I was like, oh my gosh, how can I be a part of this? How can I support you? Uh, you know, we're stronger as a team, strong, you know, they, it takes so many of us to, um, to lean on each, I should say, it's nice to have other people to lean on and yes. to bounce ideas off of. There you go. Yes. And so he had mentioned that he was going to have this certification and I got, I didn't jump on it. I got to tell you honestly, Sandra, I was like, I don't know, can I do this? So I kind of sat on it for a couple months. And one day I was just, if I'm a, if I'm a good psychic or a good intuitive, I want to be the best. I don't want to just be a, you know, something that, okay, you get this. I want to know how can I make this even better? And I thought, I'm not, I'm not just an intuitive or a psychic. I know that I connect with the unseen world. I know that they come forward. So I reached out, went through the process and I got to tell you, I have never been so nervous in my life. I bet. Um, there were five different, and they're called uh, blind readings. They were all done via the telephone. I had no idea if it was a male or a female I'm talking to. Um, I may have known a name here or there, but meaning who I was talking to, but I got to tell you, people make their names up. So I couldn't rely on the fact that I was really talking to Sandra or I was talking to Jennifer. I had to just go with what I was receiving. And um, the recipient on the other side can only answer yes I understand no I don't understand or yes give me or I, I need more information so my very first reading that I did I was so nervous I was I almost felt like I was doing like a college paper that I knew that people were going to read and pull out all my grammar errors right I just felt so uncomfortable I did it and the very first the very first person I met I could feel her energy come through the telephone she made me feel so at peace so comfortable by just saying yes or no and I let go 
of being right or right on. And the experience was a positive one. I did the next four or the total of five. And I just kind of let go of the outcome. I said, it's going to be whatever it's going to be. And if this is my path and this is part of what I can help, this is what I'm going to do. And so when it was all completed, Mark follows up with you and lets you know there's like a scoring that takes place. And quite frankly, I, I couldn't explain the scoring right now if I had to. Good. Uh, <laughs> and um, he gave me such positive accolades and just very positive feedback from you know the five different recipients, but also from himself. And I'm very proud of that. It's, it probably means more to me than a college degree. I mean, I got to be honest about that. It's something that I'm very proud of. And anybody that has been through it, I don't want to use the word grueling because it's not grueling. If you really trust the spirit world, they're going to give you exactly what you need. But we put the fear on ourselves. Of we're course. There's a little bit of stress involved. It can be tested five times. And yeah, I can't help. You're human. But also uh, what's wonderful about this um, mediumship um, site that Mark has is that it's a vetting process. There are people out there that they want to do this work. They want it so bad. However, it's not their path. It's not, it's not their jelly. It's not their jam. I, not everybody's meant to be a medium. Not everybody's meant to be a garbage man. But if you follow what pulls you forward, and I know I said that earlier, you're not going to be wrong. And that goes back to that failure. There's, it's only going to be feedback. So with him creating this uh, certification, it allows a lot of, um, I'm going to use the word fluff, those that are in the mediumship world, that maybe they're just starting out and they haven't got their, their legs yet, or they don't trust themselves. Uh, doesn't mean that maybe being tested later on, something will change as long as they start working on their abilities and working on this. But um, I really feel that those that are in the, the throes of grieving and looking for that validation that their loved one is still alive and is still around them, that they need to go with someone that's ethical, that has the purpose and the intent of helping and healing. And his site offers that. I know there's a handful of us. I'm not sure how many he has on there at this current time, but um, I've met a few of them and I have to tell you, they're all incredible individuals and I'm very proud to be a part of this group. Well, I'm thrilled because I use findacertifiedmedium.com a lot when somebody says, who can you recommend? And uh, several of them I've actually interviewed, several of you on this show, but it's a good place to find somebody who's reasonably priced, someone who's been tested, and that's a good place to start. It really is. I mean, we go to TripAdvisor to find hotels and restaurants. Where do we start finding a good medium? If you don't know somebody who's experienced someone, you know, it's a really, it's a really good website to start at, I think. And there's some good people on there. Findacertifiedmedium.com. Absolutely. Yeah, you said it beautifully. Thanks. Now. I want to get back to another .com, jenniferbrazier.com. <laughs> when we go to your website, what do you offer? Could you just talk a little bit about the courses you teach? And even if, you know, I do know you do medium readings, but um, what's your passion and how can you help us? Wow, that's, um, 
my passion tends to change a little bit. I must tell you, not that I get bored with one. It's like, I want to keep furthering it. Um, on my website, you will find a little bit about myself. There's a little, you know, brief bio. There's also, um, some testimonies from individuals that have had an opportunity or I've had an opportunity to meet them or meet their loved ones. Um, I am thrilled, 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 thrilled to teach. I do believe that's probably my strongest passion is working with those that are trying to understand what's going on with themselves. You know, where was I born this way? Is this unique? Or I got to tell you, some of them have mental illnesses and or they're in a place that um, medication or what, what is going on in their life is making them believe things that are not accurate. And as an instructor, you have to be very careful about how you handle a few things on that level. Mm-hmm. But if you offer, well, the classes that I offer are basic mediumship. There's also immediate and then also advanced mediumship. And with uh, the mediumship self, it, it is understanding your abilities. And Sandra, your abilities may be different than mine. Mine may be different than yours. And so it is finding what each one of those students, how they excel and how they find the love and the passion. Because it's passions that, that's going to push you forward. I also do mentoring, which is one-on-one. And I've been doing that for, gosh, probably about seven, eight years now. I love that because we get to go really deep into what each individual is looking for and what they're seeking. Um, I teach a class on past life regression and it's really kind of a fun class. I I call it experimental because we have an opportunity to do some meditation and to go visit a past life and to talk about it. So it's very fun. The students always walk out of there going, Oh my gosh, I, I already knew this. I knew this. So that's always a fun class and, um, exploring your own abilities. There is also a class that I put on the curriculum last year, and it is intuitive investigations. I started out calling it psychic investigations, and I got a little bit of pushback from the school. But, oh, my goodness sakes, I love this because it isn't necessarily looking for the missing dog or the woman that ran away or somebody that's missing. It may be just looking for your glasses. Where'd you put your keys? Right. So by using your abilities, it allows you to go to that place that I'm going to call you're an investigator. So I have a strong passion for that class uh, just because we do work some live cases and it's always nice to get feedback from you know, the students in the class. Some of them are far advanced and they have no idea because they've never had a place that they can understand what's going on with them. So you'll find that on my website. Um, there's always um, any sort of events public. And, um, gosh, and I believe it's going to be the end of next month. I'll be in Orlando. Oh, you will for what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to be a part of a fabulous event that's down in Orlando. And I got to tell you right now, I dropped the date. So I, no uh, problem. I've got it. You've got all that. Okay. I got it. We don't die. Orlando hosted by we don't die radio March 29th through 31st, 2019. You can come for three days, or if you want to add a workshop on come for five days, but you, we just interviewed the most wonderful guy who is a spirit illustrator named Chris fitting, who is, I don't want to say your partner in crime because there's no crimes done here, but you two will be presenting together. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, yes. I am thrilled 
to, um, first off, be a part of your event, but also to be working side by side with Chris. And if you haven't had the opportunity, any of you out there, his name is Chris Fitting. He's a spirit illustrator. And what that means for anybody that has not, hasn't an understanding is that he is also a medium, but he is able to draw a picture of the loved one that's coming forward. So he and I'll be working together. I will um, be talking out loud of what I'm seeing, what they're showing me, and he'll be working side, we'll be side by side, and he'll be drawing a picture of what he's receiving. It is fabulous. I got to tell you, I would like to use the word it's magic, but he has got an ability that is far reaching than just saying, oh, you got to come see this guy. He, he himself, his, um, his energy, his spirit, it's so loving. He's so calm. And he also wants to help people. And he helps them by understanding the colors, the energy of the colors, and by creating that beautiful, I'm going to call that a masterpiece. He, you have a takeaway with him when you work alongside Chris or you get to watch his work. So I'm excited about this. Because I know that the spirit world is going to be on task of making sure that his colors and his paints and his pencils are going to be sharpened because I know that there's going to be some fabulous things that's going to happen that weekend. I am so excited. I just finished putting together the rough draft of the schedule. And when I can take off the hat of Sandra, the organizer, and just put on like I'm walking into this event it is amazing, Jennifer, because it's been over 20 years that I've been researching evidence of the afterlife. And if I were to give people like the very coolest things that I've experienced all in one weekend, that's what this is. And <laughs> besides mediumship demonstrations, I mean, you know, some of the people involved, but I've been involved with physical mediumship and Scott Milligan is the leading physical medium in the world and tutor. And I've been blown away with some of the experience I've had with him, he's coming. And then over, I think it was back in 2002, I found out there's this lady in Brazil who's been recording voices of children in the afterlife. And at that point it was only in Portuguese, but she'd had, she was giving it away and she had worked with so many parents and then would just record the empty space when a parent is talking to their deceased child and then play it back. And the child's voice was there. Well, her wow. name's Sonia Rinaldi. In the last two years, she's actually been getting what's called trans images. And they're pictures of our loved ones in the afterlife. And she sent me her presentation that she's going to do just to upload it on my computer. And I, I burst out into tears because they are so good that I thought, Oh, I'm going to bring this to people. And I, I, and I, and I'm just, I mean, it's fantastic. At one point I was passionate about electronic voice phenomena and for a couple of years captured all kinds of voices. And there's a lady named Dr. Sherry Pearl, who I think is getting more voices and working with people and teaches how we can all get these EVPs. She's going to be there doing a presentation and then bunches of other people as well, just bunches. And, and so for me to be able to give people or us to be able to give people in a weekend, this growth spurt that the afterlife is real. I I mean, some of the stuff is shocking in a good way, 
but you realize that you are a soul having a human experience. Your life matters. Everything will work out, but it, it's it's about us. And for those people that can't join us, I totally get it. And that's why a good friend of mine who is a filmmaker is going to be there and he's going to videotape it and turn it into eventually an online program. Because this, you guys are so good that we need to be able to share. So we don't die Orlando.com is the website. And I do anticipate that selling out. So if you are listening to this, uh, think about it and you're ready, just go for it. Go for it. Sandra, I am so excited. I I am thrilled to see Scott. Yes. And Sherry and Sonia. I have seen all of them before and I am like a kid in a candy store. It is, I know this will be life-changing not just for myself, but for anybody that has an opportunity to be there. And I love hearing that you're going to be recording it Mm -hmm. because I know there's so many people that won't be able to, you know, for whatever travel reasons or financial reasons, but that is, I like hearing that. Yeah. And, but there really is also sometimes nothing better than a live event because you get to just feel so comfortable with the people and, you know, you meet, meet your tribe. And I forgot to mention um, the psychic lawyer, Mark Anthony is going to be our keynote speaker and something that's near and dear to me only because, you know, I'm going through this in my life right now is there's some people that believe that us talking to the dead and believing the afterlife is going against religion. It's going against the Bible. And Mark Anthony is an expert. He was going to be a priest actually. Um, I, I interviewed him just on the last episode. In fact, anybody wants to listen, that's episode 300, Jennifer we are episode 301 right now. Uh, but we really talked about the evolution of the Bible and how much there was in the Bible about afterlife, um, reincarnation, near-death experiences, so much, and how the hand of man got involved. So I've heard his speech a couple of years ago, and I just thought, you know what, if everybody could hear this, that it'll really give you comfort that there's nothing wrong with us exploring the afterlife. We don't need to push this on anybody if people aren't interested, but if they are, yeah, let's let's share. So I'm really grateful he's going to be there. And then there's other people as well that I haven't mentioned, but talk about being at home in a weekend and having fun, learning a lot. There'll be some tears of joy. There'll be tons of reconnections because even though there might be 150 of us in the room or 100, whatever it is, there's going to be thousands in the spirit world all there. Uh, reconnecting. Yay. Oh, uh, yes. I've got to just say something about Mark. He's got the best sense of humor. It's not his presentations are not dry. He will keep you on the edge of your seat. All of these individuals have very unique personalities that you want more. Yes. And so by, by meeting them in person, oh my gosh, that's fabulous. Thank you for bringing everybody together and doing this, Sandra. This is a gift you're offering. Oh, thank you. And a big thank you, a shout out to my friend Darla, who introduced yes. me to you and to Chris and just said, you know, there's these people out in Washington that are doing this. I'm like, oh, introduce me. And um, and then here we are today. I'm on your website and I actually see the Hopi prayer. Yes. Do you have that handy? Or can we read I it? Do not, I, I do not have it right in front of me. Do you mind no. if I... Read it. Oh, yes, please do. This, okay. It's one of my favorites, yes. And then and then I'll just ask for some closing words and we can wrap up the episode. But this is beautiful. Okay, Hopi Prayer. 
Do not stand at my grave and weep. I am not there. I do not sleep. I am a thousand winds that blow. I am the diamond glints on snow. I am the sunlight on the ripened grain. I am the gentle autumn's rain. When you awaken in the morning, hush. I am the swift, uplifting rush of quietly birds in circled flight. I am the soft stars that shine at night. Do not stand at my grave and cry. I am not here. I did not die. I love that. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. We don't die. Jennifer Brazier, closing words or words of inspiration or anything at all that you want to leave us with? Well, my gratitude goes deep for both uh, you and Darla for offering this opportunity for um, me to share my work and for those in the spirit world to come forward and to use me as that medium, air quote right there, to bring healing or happiness or hope or clarity in our life. And um, I look forward to next month. I get for, I'm looking forward to meeting new people. If anyone is listening to this, that is going to be there. Please come up and introduce yourself to me. I'd love to meet you. And you'll be doing some medium readings privately at the event as well. Yes, I will be. I'm excited about that. Forgot to mention that. Yeah, several of the meetings are mediums are willing to work and do some half hour readings in which, you know, I'll tell you more about that on the Friday morning. Jennifer, thank you for being our guest. Thank you so much. And may you have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. And for our listener, I just want to connect you with Jennifer, how to reach her. You can go to jenniferbrazier.com and that's spelt Jennifer, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R. And her last name is spelt B-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Some people are listening and not viewing this and uh, just helps jenniferbrazier.com. And to our listener, thank you so much for being here. As you know, we've just rounded the corner just past 300 episodes. Now we're at 301. And I know there are many people who have listened to all of them. I even met a fellow a couple years ago who's listened to them all three times. And when he met me face to face, it was very hard for him to stand next to me realizing that that voice he's heard so much came from a real person. It was very cute. But it was it was very, very sweet. A reminder, or you might not know this if this is your first episode, all past episodes are available on wedontdieradio.com as well as on YouTube. iTunes just carries the last 100, but they're all out there somewhere. Uh, wedontdieradio.com. You can also join what I call my insiders club. That's my mailing list, but I don't send too much mail, but you will get a free copy of my book in PDF form, which is We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death, a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief. And I created a PDF, Sandra's 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife. Uh, uh, one more thing, and uh, just a shout out to my listeners of the our Facebook group. Anybody who's on Facebook, feel free to just type in We Don't Die Listeners. There's a group There's over 4,000 wonderful people who support each other through grief, talking about evidence of the afterlife, signs they've they've got from their loved ones, getting encouragement from each other, and, and just living a great life. So I invite you to join that as well. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. 